Welcome to the See Differently Project with your host, Renee Balcom. Over the next hour, you'll learn what you should expect from your care provider and how to take charge of your care needs. Hear from the experts. Now, here's Renee Balcom. Hey, everybody. Welcome and happy Friday. Um, I don't know about everyone out there, but this has been one heck of a week for me, and I'm happy that we're finally kind of drawing up, rolling up the carpet, and going to have a little bit of a break, hopefully tomorrow for a few hours. But um, we've been really, really busy around here. And because of that, we're going to have a little bit of a different show today. Um, We have Renee and Company, my a healthcare advocacy organization, myself, we've been working on an app for a really, really long time. Um, and we're going to get into the details of that app and why and what it's all about. Um, we we really have a mission that I want to share with our audience. And um, I brought on a couple of my uh, uh, executives in my organization and uh, the people that kind of help uh, drive my business. And I'm excited to introduce uh, or have Joy Draper back with us. Uh, Joy is manages, she's Renee 2.0, I'm telling you. Actually, she's way better than Renee because Joy handles details like a master and she's so, so good at that. And so she oversees our, our operations. And then special guest, Visiting the United States today from Dusseldorf, Germany, is Sam Martin. Sam is our developer and the head of our um, technology, and he's going to talk as well about this new baby that we are about to give birth to, and the baby's name is Scroll.Care. So write that down because, you know, in a very short period of time, it's going to be right at the uh, coming, rolling off your tongue, just like Amazon or Google or any other like major tech firm. So uh, keep keep Scroll.Care in the front of mind because we've got, uh, we're bringing a lot into the market and we're excited about what's going to what's to come. So welcome, you guys. Good morning. Thanks, Renee. Hey, um, so I want to, I'm going to share a little bit about, you know, the why. Um, I started, I I came to healthcare advocacy out of the tech industry, which was interesting. And, and clearly, I look at everything in business through the lens of a CEO. I've been a CEO for a long time. I was a CEO in tech for about 10 years. And so I tend to have this lens that everything I look at really is from the eye of a CEO. And as I entered the the business of care, I really saw some big deficits and I felt that care was very siloed and, um, uh, you know, there were all, there's lots of players, lots of different uh, people in the ancillary care business. And when I talk about care, I'm talking about everything from anything that enters your world and the auspice of care. So if you, if you bring in a caregiver and it's an in-home caregiver, if you have someone that's uh, comes into your home um, as a pet sitter or someone that may be even your lawn person, right? They're there to care for your home. And what became really apparent to me was number one, how vulnerable we are as a community and just trusting and allowing people into our lives and into our homes because we we have this image of what care looks like. And then and then number two, um, 
I was really looking at all of these ancillary providers, um, again, uh, fiduciaries. I mean, what the heck is a fiduciary, right? Who, what do you what do you need a fiduciary for and who needs a fiduciary? So, you know, an elder law attorney, what's the difference between elder law and family law and law? And, and just a very complex layered system of care that as I entered into it, I started unraveling this the system and trying to understand it. Um, I really prided myself on the desire to want to be an expert about care and about the care industry and about the business of care. So I've, t- I've spent many, many years now, well over a decade, studying the care industry and studying all of the various aspects of care. And and I've got to tell everyone, it's become a little bit, it's a little bit frightening when you look at all the players and look at all the people. So that was, that's part of the why. The other part of the, the why was, um, as I grew in my interest and in my voice about care, people would ask me all the time, how do I learn what you know? And um, it, I, I wasn't really sure how to answer that question other than encourage people to study. And then and then my tech uh, background started coming to me and I realized we had these things called apps, right? That were coming out and that, that we could probably deliver information into the palm of the consumer's hand. And, and my objective was to enlighten and empower people um, about the business of care. So about 10 years ago, I started on this journey, which I have to say is probably the culmination of my life experience, to, um, to develop this app. And, and the objective behind the app is to bring people, um, bring people knowledge, but more importantly, to empower them to be able to make their own care decisions and to do that in a way that they are protected and secure in who they're choosing to to bring into their lives. Um, I want to bring some statistics to the table so that everyone knows some of my objectives as well. So um, in 2022, coming out of COVID, it has been estimated that $62 billion was exploited from consumers and businesses in the care industry. Now, $62 billion is a huge number by any one standard, right? And then when you break that down and you start looking into what is that made of, it was, there was a lot of Medicare fraud, a lot of Medicaid fraud, there was a lot of fraud um, to uh, companies and big business, a lot of government fraud. But for me, and closer to my heart, was the fraud that was going on to individuals and towards uh, families and you know, the elderly people and people with sick children. And it was really disturbing to me um, as I, again, as I studied this and kind of unraveled this level of fraud. And it even became so personal that I had a client reach out to me and she had had 14, during, during the heart of COVID, as she was sequestered in a, in a memory care unit in a in a facility in Sacramento, California, someone stole fourteen thousand dollars out of her account. 
Now, you know, long story short, we were able to work with the Department of Justice and and uh, they investigated it and she did get her money back. But what was crazy was the people that exploited her were her very caregivers in this sequestered, secluded memory care unit that she was living in and paying 10000 a month to live there. So, so it was just, again, this veil started coming down and I started realizing how susceptible people are, all of us, every one of us are, to exploitation and theft. Um, so as we were, this app was being developed and as we were working on it, those became, it became so important to me that we would be able to choose providers and help our clients and help our users of the app um, choose providers that were that were fully background checked that we could stand behind and kind of give a stamp of approval on. And so that was part of our journey. And, and I'm excited to share that with you because with the amazing work of Sam Martin, he's been able to take this vision that I've had, this cause that has motivated me, and again, the this, this summation of my life and my life's work, and he's bringing it to life. And that's why I call Scroll.Care my baby, because you know, this thing has been birthing in me for a long time. And today, this week, we were able to see the first uh, genesis of that work. And I'm so excited to have Sam here and talk about it. Um, I also invited Joy to come on because she works very closely in our advocacy business. And so she sees um, and works a lot to secure and make certain that we have the right values and principles within our organization to assist any client to avoid um, uh, being hurt or mistreated. And so she's very actively involved every single day. And frankly, you know, the, you know, again, within the top five, uh, causes of death in the United States today, medical malpractice is one of the top five. I think it's number three, honestly, which is just crazy. So there's there's a lot going on in the world of care and healthcare that really, really needs to be looked at. And, and I personally and this team want to give the consumers um, a tool that can help them navigate that. And that's what Care is all about. So Sam, let's talk. Sam, tell me about your vision from a technical point of view. Let's talk about Scroll and some of the features and some of the benefits that that you've brought into Scroll and how you think it can help our mission. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think after, you know, going through it so much this week, especially, I mean, we've done a lot of work this week together and, you know, meeting every day and that presentation we had on Tuesday was also great to kind of, you know, get this in front of some of the people that have been involved with this project and have been hearing about it from you for so long. I think now that we've kind of gone through it so much, um, one of the terms I've been using uh, throughout this week is seeing it as almost like a matchmaking service. Um, and, you know, I think it's 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 something that's that's really unique, and you know, part of the benefit of of, of being with you and and the team this week here in Sacramento has been the ability for for me to see kind of the the back end of what you guys deal with on the Renee and Company side, and hearing stories like the one that you just shared about 
uh, this woman in a memory care facility that had all this money stolen from her. And, you know, I've been building this with you for quite some time. And on the technical side, you know, I'm, I'm in the back end building features and all kinds of stuff, but kind of getting to hear the other side of it and hearing, you know, really what this is going to help avoid for a lot of people and what this app is going to be able to do to come in and help educate and empower its users to avoid these kinds of, of unfortunate situations that, you know, I think you guys see a lot of uh, on this side of care. Um, you know, from a, from a technical standpoint, you know, what we're doing is I, I think it's cool because it's very personalized, right? You know, for both the care provider as well as what we're calling the subscriber, uh, or I guess more of the consumer or the user, uh, is very personalized, right? So, you know, we're, we're, we're starting that process for both users with this kind of, uh, kind of like a, you know, it's like a questionnaire, you know, journey, if you will, where a subscriber will come to the platform and say, you know, I'm looking for, oh, my, my name is Sam. I'm such and such years old. I live, uh, you know, in this region and I'm looking for care for my mother. Uh, you know, the, the questionnaire will then take me through this process of asking me amongst 20 different categories of care, uh, what I'm maybe looking for. And we're also making sure that we've got lots of content in the platform to help educate users on what those categories of care actually are. Uh, as well as the services within those categories. Uh, I believe we're covering over 170 specific services of care within this platform as well, um, which is great. You know, as you said, it, it's not just, you know, the, the in-home caregiver or, uh, you know, the pet sitter. It can also be someone for home maintenance, uh, for transportation. Um, so really, we're, we're covering all aspects of, you know, that term of care, which I think is is great. That's kind of all-encompassing. Um, so, you know, by using some of this, this personalization and some of these features that we're building, really able to get right down to the detail of exactly what an individual needs, who they're looking for, and then match them up with a provider who has gone through on the other side of the app, um, you know, identified who they are, what they do, what their specialties are. Um, and again, you know, meet these people together in the middle. But more importantly, I think we're, we're giving the consumer the power to choose, um, and something that I think, again, we've, we've spoken about this week is that there are some other companies in this space that, you know, a consumer can go to and say, Hey, I need care for this, but then that company will take their contact information, you know, and, and sell it out to the highest bidder essentially. And that user is now going to get bombarded with phone calls and emails from all kinds of providers, really just trying to come in and, and, and make a buck off of this, off of this user. What we're doing is giving the user or the subscriber the power to review the uh, care providers that we're recommending to them and make their own decision on on who they want to reach out to. Um, you know, the provider profiles that we're building out are going to include all kinds of great information on these providers. Um, we're also talking about even having something like an introductory video so a provider can kind of introduce themselves and have more of that personalized touch so that you as a consumer can go, okay, you know what? I really like the sound of Renee. She lives close to me. She specializes in A, B, and C. I want to reach out to her and and, and see if we can kind of have a match here to, to work together. So, um, yeah, it's like a personalized matchmaking service for care, I guess you could say. Yeah, I really love that. I also really love um, the fact that the user subscriber has control of the relationships they're stepping into rather than it go the opposite direction. So I love that too. Um, we're going to get ready for a break here, but but I also want to 
um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit um, and ask you and Joy both to talk a little bit about your own personal journey and why this is such a heartfelt project for you. And then and then we'll get back into the features and benefits of the app. But but I want our audience to also recognize that everyone in this team has an emotionally emotional vested interest in this project based on very, very personal experience. So we'll talk about that when we get back and uh, uh, audience come back. We are an open uh, line uh, show or a live show. So please call in if you have questions or comments, we're dying to hear from you. So please uh, call in and talk to us and let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what your wishes are. If you were to have this tool in your hand today, what would that look like? So we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The See Differently Project will deliver us out of the echo chamber that we live in and educate and empower our listeners about the business of care. The care industry, from cradle to grave, encompasses a multitude of service providers. Some of these providers must have licenses, and some do not. It depends on the state you reside in. Nonetheless, this multi-trillion dollar industry continues to grow. Money exploited from consumers through this industry in 2022 exceeded $63 billion. Our mission at the See Differently Project is to educate and empower our listeners by bringing guests on who are professional experts in their care field, opening the dialogue, informing our listeners, and answering your questions. You will walk away with a new perspective and empowerment over your care needs. The See Differently Project is hosted by Renee Balcom, the nation's leading healthcare advocate, on Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the See Differently Project. Have a question for Renee or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Renee Balcom. Um, I'm the founder of Renee and Company, as well as um, Scroll.Care, which is a new uh, product that we're launching into the marketplace. And we're going to get into the rollout and the launch uh, here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, just before we went on break, I wanted to... Uh, talk a little bit about how personal this project is for everyone concerned. And um, Joy, do you want to, would you be willing to share with us a little bit about your journey uh, in healthcare and the, even the work that you're doing as a healthcare advocate and why you feel so personal about this project? Sure. I um, thank you. I, I 
I think as a healthcare advocate, when I came on as a healthcare advocate, the personal side of it was just having my own family history. I happened to be a kidney donor for my husband and I had lost my brother at an early age. Um, he had a, a staph infection that actually attacked his heart. So I went through training to help take care of him towards the end. And then when my husband needed a kidney transplant, um, life kind of took a random turn for me. And I didn't realize how, you know, out of sorts and how many people needed to be involved and how scary it was out there when you really don't know what you're doing. So I had to jump in as a, as just a novice um, when it came to my personal um approach to medical. And I, I mean, I jumped in with nephrologists and I jumped in with kidney donation doctors and, and systems that I really didn't have a clue about. Um, I personally try to lead a very healthy lifestyle, having lost quite a bit of weight. And so, you know, um, I mean, I've done an astronomical amount of research for my personal health, but to jump into a system where everybody tells you where to go and how to deal with everything, and you're really not sure, is pretty overwhelming. So, when I came into the healthcare advocacy, I had been in the systems of being told where to go and how to approach it and, and realized that really a lot of people don't know and it's not individualized. It's very, you know, this is what we generally do and this is the, the path that you follow and that's not the one I chose to take with me and my husband um, instead of waiting until he got sick enough to get treatment. Um, we actually pushed for getting him in the transplant program and until you know, a lot of times they say, well, until you hit a level, you shouldn't do this. And we said, no, that's not the way we're going to do it. We are going to approach this differently. So, you know, I, I'm very proactive as a human being. And I decided that for us, we wanted to be in the transplant program. We wanted to get that done. He's young, you know, he's in his 40s. And um, we're not going to wait until he's sick enough. Because why should you have to be sick enough before you address the issue? So we decided to join the transplant program. We finally got approved. It took us almost a year. But then we had been on the transplant list a year at that point. And I decided to donate. And I decided to be really proactive. And, and I felt like the sense of empowerment that was gained from taking control of the situation we were in, even though it was pretty stressful and, and um, you know, took a daily toll on us it made us at least feel like we had something to do with our own choices. And it made us feel like we actually had a direction to go. And, and it just was an amazing thing. So when the, when healthcare advocacy came to my forefront by meeting you um, and I came in to find out that there was so many people out there like me that just really didn't know where to go. And that, you know, you have helped so many people in hearing the stories that you've told and, and feeling like my, background and my knowledge and my research and all these things that I've put years into at this point could actually be helpful to those people was an amazing feeling. Um, and then, of course, after working with advocacy and finding out that it's not just about necessarily medical, you know, things come up in our lives on a daily that just we really don't have a direction. And there's so many people out there that unfortunately will just take advantage of you um, that will just tell you how oh, no, I can do this for you. They're miracle workers. There's always miracle workers out there that charge you a bundle. And unfortunately, those miracle workers really don't have the background, don't have the education. Um, you know, they're not licensed. They're not background checked. I mean, who knows what they did last week? And, you know, but if they put up a good, good enough front, we believe them. And let's be honest, sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, we're in a point of desperation that we just want to believe that there's something positive and something wonderful that can help us in every situation. So 
being able to see this program develop the way it has and know that we can provide people with trusted resources is just, it's kind of hit a depth of, you know, understanding with me that I just, I wish, I wish everyone could feel. It's just so overwhelming to feel like you might have support when there's things in your life that you just, you don't know where to go to for support. Yeah, I appreciate that, Joy, a lot. And I know, I know technology is even now with AI and bots is even making the, the universe of care even more confusing and more daunting, to be honest with you. And that's, that's a little bit scary. Um, Sam, how about you? I know you've had some personal experiences as well um, that brings this project uh, closer to your soul. Um, are, will you share that with us? Or And again, sure. feel free to say, no, I don't want to. It's, a, it's very personal. And I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. No, no worries. I'm happy to because it, it certainly, um, yeah, certainly contributes to, you know, my, my kind of my, my passion for this project. Um, to give some some background, I mean, Renee and I were, we, we started working on this together. I mean, Renee's working on this for about a, almost a decade. Um, and I was working on this with her back in, in one of its early concepts under a completely different name and a completely different business, I think in 2016 or 2017. So right. um, we've definitely come a long ways here. And I, I've, had, I've had that same, you know, fire and, and passion for this project since then. Um, I lost my, my dad to cancer in 2013. So we're coming on 11 years now. And um, that was, you know, I was 20 years old. It was obviously, you know, pretty difficult process for, for my family. And I was actually at the time I, I was living on uh, Catalina Island, which is a, an island off the coast of Southern California. And I didn't really know what was what was going on back at home. It was my first time moving away from home and kind of living away from my family. And, you know, I was young, I was working, I was having a good time. And what I didn't realize is that there was this this medical situation happening with, with my dad uh, that my mom was trying to navigate through. And my mom certainly is, I would say, has always been kind of the, the breadwinner of the house. And she always worked a lot, a lot. And what basically had happened was my, my dad was, was diagnosed with diabetes, uh, you know, and I think at the time he was in his late sixties or maybe even early seventies. Um, and you know, that's not really a common thing. Um, you know, from, from my understanding and I, you know, forgive me if I, if I overstep here, cause I don't know a ton about diabetes, but from my understanding, it's usually something that comes on earlier in life, maybe sometimes in, you know, the twenties or thirties, but certainly if, if someone being diagnosed with diabetes that late in life, it's, it's something, I usually signal that something else is wrong, um, especially with, you know, with the pancreas. And so my mom, I remember telling her, telling me the story was, was very much like, that doesn't seem right. And, you know, she wanted the doctor to kind of look into it more, his, his primary care physician at the time. And his doctor said, no, no, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just diabetes. It's this, He just needs to, you know, I can't remember the exact care plan or medicine that he was prescribed, but either way, my mom felt that it was really just not the correct diagnosis. And she kind of pushed and pushed and pushed at this primary care physician, and he really didn't budge a lot. And I wasn't really willing to give her a referral to a specialist, wasn't really interested in trying to get my dad to see someone else that could maybe provide a further insight or a second opinion. Um, and again, my mom is working, you know, 50 hour weeks at the time. And now also trying to manage, you know, getting my dad in front of the right person to to see what's really going on. And after many months, I mean, I think it was probably a process of six months or more. Uh, my mom was able to kind of, you know, nudge her way or, or, or force her way, brute force her way into, um, a, a facility, a separate facility, um, at the Torrance Memorial uh, Hospital Center. 
and get a biopsy done and came to find out that my dad had at the time, I think he was diagnosed at either stage three or stage four, um, pancreatic cancer, which, you know, I think as if anyone, you know, knows someone who's had pancreatic cancer, uh, it's, you know, unfortunately, especially at that late of a stage, usually, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit of a death sentence. It's, you know, there's not a lot you can do at that stage. And, you know, although, you know, he, he obviously succumbed to the disease, um, and, there was always that thought of like, you know, if, if, if this primary care physician had, had, you know, listened or at least kind of, you know, been willing to look a little bit more into it or go along with my mom was saying, Hey, can we please try and get a referral? Can you please give us a second opinion? Maybe it might've bought him some more time, you know? Um, I don't know that it would have kept him around, you know, five or six years longer, but even still, you know, it might've, it might've might made a bit of a difference for him to have a bit of a longer life. And um, I remember, you know, after that situation, again, I was 20, you know, 21. So I was, I was young and I was, you know, of course, angry and confused and, you know, really, really pissed off with this doctor. And I, you know, there was even talk that we would, my mom at some point, I think there was conversation that we were going to seek some kind of malpractice case because really this was a complete misdiagnosis and, and the doctor didn't see any need to, to try and push forward. And so I think, you know, when, when Renee, we had first met and talked about this idea back in 2016, 2017, it was only a few years after my dad had passed. So it was still kind of fresh for me. And when you told me, you know, about what this, the whole concept and the whole idea was of being able to really help people, in this case, it would have been like my mom, um, to navigate through this and, and have the ability to find, you know, uh, the right provider and kind of navigate through the intricacies of care of, you know, insurance and all these things that are really complicated, especially again, for someone who was working so much and doesn't have a lot of spare time to really do the research. And, you know, she's not a, a medical, you know, professional. So I remember you telling me the idea and thinking, wow, you know, this, this, this app and this, this concept really could have made a difference in this situation. And my mom might've been able to find that resource or find that provider much earlier on, uh, that really could have made a difference, uh, at the end of the day for, for my dad's, you know, my, my dad's life. So, um, that's, I mean, that's just one example. I've got, you know, a couple more that, you know, even go with, with my mom's mom and her, her time trying to care for her towards the end of life. I mean, I think what, what I've, I've come to see uh, in this week as well, meeting with you and the team, is that I think everyone knows somebody um, or has maybe been through something themselves personally that they can hear what we're building and go, wow, you know, this would have been so useful for me, for my mom or for my uncle or for my father. Or uh, really, I, I think it's, it's something that anybody can use and that everybody will have some kind of a personal reaction to when they hear the mission of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, no, and and thank you for sharing, but you're absolutely correct. I'm sure that there are people in our audience that both your story and Joy's story resonates very personally with them because the fact is one in six adults in America today are dealing with care oversight and and working through the care systems to try to assist their loved ones. And, and they're adding, they estimate, the estimation is that that's an additional 20 hours, minimum of 20 hours of additional work. So these are people that are working a full-time job, taking care of their kids or their elders, right? And still trying to navigate the care system for a loved one. So it's pretty daunting when you consider um, again, how layered and complex these systems are. Um, and oftentimes we just kind of rely on, you know, my my neighbor knows a guy. And, and that's never a good way to find, 
you know, uh, professional assistance either, because, um, you know, sometimes just knowing someone that does a particular uh, area of work or an area of professionalism in the care industry is not, you know, the best way to find a good source and a good uh, uh, ally to help navigate the system. So, um, and that was actually what led me into healthcare advocacy was to understand you know, the various parts of the care system and to help people navigate the care system. But but that just isn't enough. I think we really have to go to the next step. So I appreciate, Joy, you and, and Sam both sharing uh, very private details. And again, most, as Sam said, um, everyone, either everyone has their own story, their own experience, or they have one that's very close to them through a friend or a loved one. And um, it's it's a difficult uh, situation to watch unravel um, in front of us if you don't have a tool or have some mechanism to be able to help. I think it's really, really hard to um, see someone struggling through these systems without, you know, just trying to find their way. So, um, and unfortunately, we oftentimes in our office, we hear from people in crisis or after they've gotten had a really, really bad experience, and then they say, oh, I wish I would have known, right? So, so again, our mission is to help people avoid uh, that those crises and, and getting into relationships with the wrong providers. So, so let's go back to the technology a little bit, Sam. I mentioned AI and bots, and um, I know, you know, we're seeing more and more big organizations like Google and Amazon and uh, getting into the quote-unquote care business. And, you know, my opinion is they're using a lot of AI to do that. Um, and oftentimes a consumer may think that they're that they have a doctor that's consulting with them, but in fact, it may be a bot. Can you talk a little bit about that from a technology standpoint, like how that kind of works and what people should be sensitive to as they, you know, step into some of those programs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think everyone at this point is, has come to know uh, AI has become so much more prominent, especially in the last year, maybe last 18 months or so. Um, a name that everybody surely will recognize is, uh, is ChatGPT. Um, which, you know, when ChatGPT came to market, it was like, it, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was this huge wave. And all of a sudden you have this, this, this software that's able to do crazy amounts of, of, of things. I mean, people were, it, I think ChatGPT was able to pass the bar exam in, in several yeah. states. Um, it's able to produce contracts and it can, it can, yeah, if you type in a ChatGPT and say, Hey, I'm feeling such and such, uh, I have these symptoms. It'll also make, you know, it's an educated guess at, at to what your your diagnosis might be. Of course, it's filled with all kinds of disclaimers and things, uh, depending on how you're using it. But even still, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's scary and impressive at what it's able to do. Um, and I think one of the things that we spoke about this week, Renee, was the use of AI in fraud. Um, and I've seen uh, just this last week, um, OpenAI, which is the company that owns ChatGPT, released a new tool. I think it's called Sora, uh, but it's a new tool that essentially allows you to create uh, almost lifelike video from a text prompt. Um, and it's it's a little scary. The, the quality of these videos, I mean, I've saw some of these examples. Uh, you would think that it was really filmed by someone with real people with a real camera. 
I also read an article about, um, I think this was a company, I can't remember what the country this company was in, but basically uh, a, a someone somewhere using AI to to uh, to uh, pretend to be, they, they I think they, they borrowed the voice and the likeness of an executive in this company and managed to swindle several million dollars from a large company as they were posing as uh, some, I think, chief uh, officer in this business. So it, it, we're getting to a point where AI is almost um, indiscernible from from reality, and depending on who is on the other end of that, especially when we're looking at you know uh, elderly people. I mean, I think there's you know uh, things like like telephone fraud, you know, uh, uh, call centers scamming call centers, calling elderly people and scamming them out of their bank accounts and things like that. It's been going on for a while now, but AI makes it so much more realistic. Where um, you know, you could get a call from someone, and it could they, it could sound like your son, it could sound like your yeah. your husband, or or a friend of yours. It could really that's the level we're getting to now. And so, I think you know, looking at the big tech companies that you know that that find utilization, of course, want to grow this technology of of AI and machine learning and all these things. I understand, you know, it's it's a breakthrough technology. There's lots of great and positive things that it can do. But of course, unfortunately, you know, there's going to be you know bad apples out there that are going to leverage it in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that you mentioned too, with like looking at like the Googles who and and like Bing who are implementing their own AI tools and their search engines, there really needs to be. I, I think care is one thing. Care and, and and you know anything to do with medical, especially, is one thing where I don't think any level of of AI is going to to be able to replace that human touch. Um, the ability for someone to have compassion and really feel through someone's situation and work to find the right solution for them. I don't think any level of you know typing in how you're feeling or what you're looking for and having a bot come back to you and say, oh, this is what I think is right for you. It's never going to be able to replace the human touch. And so yeah. I would definitely warn against getting too friendly with AI for this kind of use case. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam, thank you for that. There, We're going to take a break, you guys. We'll be back uh, to start closing up the show. We're going to tell you some more about Scroll.Care, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the See Differently Project. Have a question for Renee or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm all, This is Renee Balcom with Renee and & Company and introducing Scroll.Care. I have to tell you, I'm always amazed at how quickly this hour flies by. And I'm here with my guests today, Joy Draper and Sam Martin. Uh, Joy is our operations guru at Renee & Company and Scroll.Care. And Sam Martin is our developer and our, our uh, marketing or a technical manager. And Sam's talking about our project, Scroll.Care, which we uh, started a rollout this week here in uh, Northern California. And Sam, can you tell us about what we can expect, what the community can expect in this project and when they can get their hands on it? Absolutely. Yeah. So as you mentioned this week, we we did kind of cross uh, a milestone, which is really exciting. Um, I've, you know, personally been, been building out this version of the platform for several months now, and it's been really exciting to see things coming to fruition. Um, on Tuesday, we were able to meet with uh, a group uh, in your network, Renee, of, of, of some providers uh, here in, in Sacramento and uh, get it in front of them and kind of show them, you know, what we're building and, and get them ready for what we are calling our, our closed beta program. So essentially, you know, what we're getting ready to do with the platform is, is, is just that, a closed beta. And for those who don't know what the term closed beta means, uh, it's essentially a term used typically with apps or software. Um, that's, um, that basically allows us to get a, um, uh, it's like an invite-only uh, use case. So you know, closed beta means that we want to start testing the software, but we're only going to do it with a select group of, of individuals. And so what that starts with on, you know, uh, scroll.care really, you know, again, involves two different use, use, uh, users. We've got the providers, the, the care providers themselves, and then we've got the subscribers or the everyday consumer. Uh, in order for the app to work, we need to have providers on our network and within our search engines that our subscribers can connect with them. So naturally, the first step is to get in front of providers and say, hey, we want you to come into the platform and we want to list you uh, in our directory so that we can start getting things moving. So starting off in Q2, we're hoping for the first week or two of April to get things moving. We're going to uh, pretty much open the platform up to a select few uh, individuals. I think we're looking to have a couple dozen providers here in, in, in the Northern California region. Um, I know, Renee, we're kind of working on the details there. Um, and uh, we're also partnering with another business here, again, that's in your network, to have uh, some, some subscribers, some users coming on the other end. So basically what, what my goal is with this closed beta is to, of course, get people using the platform, get them in, you know, get some providers to fill out our directory and get some user profile set up so that subscribers can come in, start filling out questionnaires, start getting matched with the care providers that they're looking for and that they need. Um, and more importantly, start to get feedback. I want to hear from providers as they're getting in and as they're using their dashboard and, and interacting with, uh, with, with referrals that are coming through. I want to hear from them, you know, how I can work to improve the platform, if they're running into any bugs, anything that I can kind of smooth out along the way. That's really what I'm here for. And the same goes for the subscriber side of, of our users. I want to make sure that they're able to have, you know, an easy time navigating the platform. 
uh, to build out their own, where we're putting in the ability for, for subscribers to customize their own care plans based off of the providers that they find. So if someone's you know, making a care plan for their mom, one for their dad, one for grandma, they're able to create three distinct care plans and bucket the providers that they uh, that each of these individuals need into each of those care plans. So that's an exciting thing that that we're bringing so that, uh, you know, subscribers can really easily organize the care professionals that they need for any one you know, person or situation. Um, so yeah, we're, we're hoping to have this beta roll Q2 for sure. We might also roll into Q3. So my, you know, we're looking at 90 to, I guess, 180 days, you know, three to six months, um, of testing to see if we can really get this thing smoothed out and, and ideally go for some kind of a public launch, um, towards the end of Q3, Q4. So it's really exciting. As I said, you know, we've been working on this for, really, really, uh, you know, in there for months now and spending a ton of hours on it. And it was really exciting to get it in front of people, show off some screenshots of what the platform is actually looking like and start to have those conversations with providers that have shown some interest to us and uh, getting them getting them onboarded to start testing the, the platform out. Hey, Sam. Yeah, it was so exciting that, you know, whenever you have a little bit of a brainchild like this and um, and you've you've sat on it for so long in your mind and you've worked it out and you've sat in front of a computer to put it out in front of people and get validation is always such a great, satisfying moment. Right. It really, really is a moment to write down and document and say, yeah, this I had some validation on this. And for the audience, I really want you to imagine this environment where in the palm of your hand, you can go into an app and you can fill out a, just a really short series of questions that's going to direct you right into the into the uh uh, information of trusted, fully background, fully vetted providers within your geography um, that can help you with some care solutions. And, and that's really the goal. It's as Sam mentioned early in the show, it's about matchmaking, right? Um, um, and you can swipe left or you can swipe right, but we're going to provide you with the profiles of what we believe are the best providers in your marketplace to help you in a variety of different uh, care complexities. So we have 170 different care services that we are have outlined, and we're pulling in those providers. Uh, every single one of the providers will be background checked in a in 50 state backgrounds. Their licensing will be uh, reviewed, and everyone on our on our app will be completely compliant. So it's very different than going into a, a Google search or a search engine, whatever your preferred search engine is, uh, looking for uh, care services. So I'm very, very excited. And I hope each of you can imagine this tool in your phone coming very, very soon. Um, I also want to, you know, um, Go back a minute and just talk a little bit about why we exist. You know, we we spent some time this week really analyzing our value system because we want to make certain that we stay on point with that. And, you know, we really exist to help everyone that we serve, whether it's uh, through the app or in person, to navigate care and and that may sound simple, but as we've discussed here this morning, it can be pretty complicated. Honestly, there's um, there's a lot of nuances to the care business that can be 
uh, scary and complicated and very layered. And frankly, you know, oftentimes we're put off as consumers because we may make a phone call and, and you know, there's some arrogance on the other end of the phone. And then we just assume, well, I'm probably asking a question that's dumb. And I don't believe there's anything that a dumb question exists. I don't believe in that at all. But unfortunately, uh, the care industry all too often puts us in this place where we get we feel inadequate or we feel inept in what we're trying to learn. So so again, we exist to help you navigate care. It's that simple. And in navigating care and empowering our users and our clients, uh, we help improve overall well-being and overall contentment for our clients. So um, our mission is very simple in in when you think of it in terms of of what the end result is, but it's a process for sure. And scroll.care is going to help minimize that process to a great, great degree. Um, I also want to close the show by talking about how you can learn more about scroll. Uh, we have uh, a, a sheet. Joy, you're probably better at this than me because I didn't What's our what's our URL for scroll? The website URL is uh, yeah. is www.scroll.care. Um, okay. And right now we've we've just got a, a little coming soon um, page up, so you can leave your name and email, and we will be uh, starting up some some uh, some pretty regular email marketing updates, uh, so we can kind of keep our audience in the know of what's going on with um, our our beta program. Uh, and when we are looking to launch, um, you can also follow us on social media at scroll.care, I believe is our handle on all uh, social platforms. And uh, we do post on social media very regularly, three to four times a week. Um, and usually in these posts, we're talking about, I mean, really all kinds of things within the care space, news that's happening within the care um, and health space, um, updates on what we're doing. Uh, also, we talk a bit more about the features that the platform and the app will have. Um, so yeah, our, our social media will also be listed on uh, the website, uh, as I said, www.scroll.care. And uh, I said, yeah, leave, leave your name and email in that form on our site and, uh, you'll be in the know of, uh, of news and updates as we get ready to our, to have our public launch, hopefully sometime towards the end of this year. Great. Thank you, Sam. And I think there's even a page on the Renee and Company. So it's ReneeCompany.com, our website that will link you directly over to Scroll as well. So um, and then our you can find the podcast um, for this radio show. The podcast links are sitting in ReneeCompany.com. Renee um, anything else, Joy? You have something we've got on the last few minutes of the show. You have anything else you want to add? You know, I'm just really proud of the the program. Um, I'm really proud of us coming together and collaborating as a group and involving everyone um, from different perspectives and the backgrounds and not just the personal experiences, but making sure that everybody is on the same page when it comes to make, you know, when we move forward, we want to make sure that everybody feels like they're important and validated. And it's not just medical care, it's literally every aspect of life. So that's that's an enormous to know that you know having had watched my mother-in-law getting taken advantage of by her tax preparer which is kind of shocking when you think about it that way to know that I don't have to worry about my you know 70 plus year old mother looking online for um, prospective p 
people that are going to work with her because I know that they're going to be, you know, background checked and they're going to be secure and they're going to be trusted advisors for her. And I don't have to worry about mom reaching out or my son reaching out who's in his 20s and doesn't have the background. So just the security that's involved in that is is huge for me. And being a part of that project to me is just priceless. I, I can't thank everyone enough for everything that we've done and being a part of this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How about you, Sam? Any last words? Honestly, no, I'm, I'm just, uh, thank, thank you for having me on. Um, and yeah, to kind of uh, echo on what Joy said, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a really a great journey and I know that we're really just getting started here with, uh, with getting ready to bring this, this platform to market. And, uh, I'm grateful for, uh, for, for you guys having me, uh, my, me and my, my partner Zena here this week to go through and, you know, learn more about Renee company. Uh, obviously I get some great sessions working together on developing the business for scroll, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I think, even more fired up now with, with passion and, and fire for this project and just really excited to continue getting this out there. And I think everyone, uh, you know, the public and you know, our, our listeners now, when, when you start to see this coming to market, I think it's really going to be a game changer uh, for, for everybody at the end of the day. So I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm grateful to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for, for having us involved. And we look forward to uh, the next steps. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Joy and Sam. Thank you for making this a great hour, very informative. I know our audience is chomping at the bit to get their hands on scroll. Um, I can't wait for that as well. Um, again, it's been a long birthing process, and I certainly couldn't be sitting here today without the help of both of you and the whole team of people that are making this happen. So for our audience, thank you so much for hearing, listening in. Uh, you can pick up this, uh, if you want to review this show, you can pick us up on any uh, outlet where you pick where you get your podcasts. We're on every one of them. Um, if you want to learn more about Renee and Company, you can go to uh, www.reneecompany, just run that together.com to learn more about Scroll, uh, www.scroll.care. My name is Renee Balcom and I am your host and I am it's my privilege to be with you with you here today. We'll be back next week and uh, have a great week everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the See Differently Project with your host Renee Balcom. We hope we have given you some insight into the business of care and we hope you are empowered in your own care needs. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.